This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. All right, so I'm sitting here with Caleb Sorrells and David Hahn of Bear Archery. And uh, Caleb, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody listening so they know who you are? For sure. Yeah, my name is Caleb Sorrells. I'm the marketing manager over at Bear and the Bear Archery Brands. Um, we have Trophy Ridge, Sick Broadhead, and Cajun Bow Fishing. Um, been in the archery industry for quite a while now. Um, excited to be on the podcast. Excited to have you. And uh, David, can you go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody listening as well? Yes, my name is David Hahn. I've been a design engineer for Bear Archery for uh, about 11 years now. Started out working primarily on Trophy Ridge components and sides, specifically the React sites. And then more recently, probably uh, Bear Bows and also Sick Broadheads there in the middle. Uh, lifelong bow hunter, 35 plus years. So this was a passion a long time ago. And for the last 11 years, I get to do it as a job. I love I absolutely love seeing people that have their passion and get to tie that into their full-time career. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not me here. I am just podcasting as a, uh, a passion project, if you will. But uh, it's, it's always amazing to talk to guys like you guys and really, you know, see, see that what you feel your passion for and what fuels you anyway really drives your work and uh, makes you guys come out with some pretty cool things and, and have, have a, a passion for what you're doing. And you can always tell that when, when a, a brand actually has people that care about what they're, what they're doing and working on. Um, so Caleb, I kind of want to just get into you a little bit. You, uh, you kind of new to the team, but, uh, really taking charge and doing some cool things. 
along the way. So uh, yeah, so I'm only a few months in here. Um, I've been around a few different other companies, but we definitely have some cool, cool things in the works, and definitely have a good team here that's ready to put hammer to the nail and get some stuff done. So we're excited. We have a lot of cool stuff, you know, that can't be really talked about, but it's going to be good. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the stuff that, uh, that has come out, which was new this year. A lot of it mm-hmm. was launched at ATA. Yep. Um, I got to shoot some of it. I was actually thoroughly impressed. And then some of the things even took me back a little bit back to the solo cam days and things like that as well with the new THP bow. And I, it, it, it took me back a minute, but then there was like a practicality standpoint of it, which we can get into David and talk about that and the reasoning behind that, because I think that's pretty cool. But can you kind of talk about the new product line and what's kind of exciting and, and uh, what you guys are passionate about right now? Like you said, we, as far as our flagship bow, we've pushed the envelope even farther this year um, with the Execute 30 and 32. And uh, it really chasing vibration. The whole market is chasing vibration, reduced vibration, that is. And we hit we hit a home run with those two bows for sure when it comes to vibration and feel on the shot while still maintaining very respectable speed and performance. Um Legend XR is one of our mid-range bows new for this year. And the XR stands for extended range. And what's really, really cool about that bow is it'll go from 18 inches of draw length clear up to 31 inches of draw length on a 32-inch axle-to-axle platform. And that's a a patented cam system that we developed over the last two years. And uh, we expect big big things out of that cam system and that bow. that you know that's two of our high high hitters as far as for the year on new technology so and and then of course you you mentioned the the THP bow and and you're right that what we did was took one of our solo cam proven systems and added the additional uh, limb stop capability and then worked with those guys they wanted a, a, a you know a different style grip as opposed to directly on the aluminum riser and uh, that that's pretty much what we did with those guys was was gave them what they kind of wanted, but then something that would be super easy to tune, super easy to shoot and fit, you know, 90 percent of the archers trying to use that platform. Yeah, no, I what, what was cool is you just mentioned on, on the it's the legend, right? That uh, the legend XR it's it's capable of expanding which kind of goes to bears kind of credo that's always been around is the working man's bow and being able to buy something that that's tried and true i mean you could buy it for your son who says 14 and only has whatever jaw length and he's going to be able to grow up with that throughout the years and to be able to utilize that bow and that just popped in my head i didn't even know that was an option on the bow but that seems like a really solid idea without having to reinvest every few years into a bow for a kid that's going to outgrow it. Definitely. Definitely. That's one of our meat and potatoes, of course, is uh, like the legit bow that's been around for a couple several years now, but bear has always had a highly adjustable double cam system since I've worked here that will fit anybody clear down to like some of them went to 12 inches of draw, believe it or not, but say 14, 15 clear up to 30. And the XR system is a hybrid cam system that will do um, 18 to 31, as was the, was the range we decided on, you know, trying to fit as many people as possible. 
And exactly what you said, I'm a father of two boys. Now they're grown now, they're grown men. But when when a father's going through that stage of life with kids trying to shoot, that the, the Legend XR bow will be a perfect bow for a, a kid or young and adult shooter that can, you know, grow with you bow. So, yes. I was, I was actually thoroughly impressed with that bow when I shot it. I mean, even though you say it's your, your mid-range, your midline bow, it still handled itself surprisingly yeah. well to where well, you would think it could compete with some of the higher end bows or so-called claiming higher end bows. It really, it really can. I mean, it's maybe I mean, not so- speed wise or some of those things, but, but as far as the hand feel, the shock and the repeatability of the shot, that's there. Like that, oh, yeah. that's there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it is some of the same people, same of the same engineers working on all of our projects. So what we take, what we learn at the top end and, and apply it where we can at the mid-range points. Yeah. So, Caleb, I'm kind of curious on your take as far as uh, the the affordability, the the standpoint as far as that goes. What what's the driving force there to uh, you know market to people and get those bows into people's hands? I mean, at the end of the day, we just want people to shoot, right? Right, for sure. No, and you know that's always been the thing with Bear is even Fred himself. He wanted archery accessible to everybody. So that's always been a driving force for Bear is making us archery accessible to everyone. So the Legend XR, you know, it's a buy once, cry once type of product. Like you said, if you have a, you know, a young shooter or somebody getting into it that's going to have a lot of growth throughout their, you know, throughout their life, or you have somebody that's on that shorter end of it, the way that that cam is designed, you're getting very, very efficient performance at every draw length within that highly adjustable range so you're not sacrificing anything with that bow you're getting something that's going to fit everybody it's going to be very efficient for everybody as well yeah uh, what's what's kind of the plan as far as bear and uh you know availability of you know higher end bows as well is that something that's gonna it, it's kind of new it, it's not you know like you guys have always been there it's not like the bows were low quality but like you said they were affordable they were the working man's bow um what's the plan in the future to kind of move forward are we gonna go towards the higher end or are we always going to compete and uh keep keep products available what's what's the goal there no there's definitely going to be a balance so like David kind of mentioned, you know, we're going to use what we learn at that high end and use that technology and make our mid-range and our working class bows better every time that we come out with a high-end bow. You know, those those technological advances that we learn and different little things that make bows better, they're going to be, you know, translated down to that other range. But, you know, moving forward, that high end is not going to be something that's ignored but it's going to be, you know, there is a balance. We're going to make sure that every bow that we put out is, you know, as good as we can for the time that we're putting it out. Yeah. What's the, because uh, I don't have any retailers around me that actually carry you other than like one big box store that's still quite a haul away. Is it something in the future that maybe you guys would be direct to consumer or is it going to be through bow shops? Uh, what's that kind of look like? So on our high-end bows, we are still a dealer exclusive. Um, some of our main mainline and mid-range bows are available direct to consumer already, um, like the Cruiser GT, the Legit. You know, some of those 
bows that come that you know they have a no type peep in them already that there's a peep in the string there's not a whole lot of bow press work that has to be done with a lot of those bows and those both are direct consumer already yeah so you think it's a possibility for the higher end stuff to eventually become direct to consumer or no is that something that uh we're not warranty wise we don't want to go down that road yet maybe we're not going to ignore the market trends but we're also you know we have a very dedicated dealer base that we're not going to abandon either so yeah it's something that you know we'll play it by year but they're first and foremost who we're going to take care of okay is there a, a way you can find a dealer for a bow for a bear if you wanted to get into the higher end um i i mean i know like i think cabela's carries them right but uh is there is there another like list or directory that you can find yeah so we do have a dealer locator on the website yep okay that's something that i found very interesting one of the things from an engineering standpoint um speed has always been the envelope that is pushed, but it seems technology wise or innovation wise, it's kind of peaked over the last 15 years to where um, it may be tweaked or redesigned, but it's not necessarily new technology. People claim that, right? That it's, you know, revolutionary new technology for the very first time ever, which I mean, that's been claimed for the past 15 years and it's, you know, speed has kind of been capped. What's the next direction that uh, really seems to be the market driver as far as uh, bows and pushing the envelope with bows to uh, get something that the consumer really wants to crave? With respect to speed or with what do you think the well, next market trend I, is? Yeah, exactly. Like the next market trend that uh, will will improve bows, I think, is the way the question was phrased as far as speed's been pushed for so long now that, I mean, we've kind of reached a peak to where we haven't seen anything revolutionary within the past 15 years, even though it's been claimed. But right. I mean, I guess to address the speed thing first, I mean, the human body is only so big and, and we rate stuff at 30 inches of draw and everybody that's still in business is running, you know, cam systems and bow platforms that are in the mid 80% efficiencies. So there's not much more there to be had unless a brand new piece of technology or method. And, you know, if we had that, we couldn't share that now anyway. <laughs> but, but that's kind of to address the speed. And then obviously in the last, oh, probably three, four, five years now, even everybody's been chasing vibration and, and we've done a good job of that more recently of, of, you know, a lot of hand shock out of it, less vibration. Um, as far as what the consumer is going to want next. I mean, I wish I knew, I wish, you know, I wish we knew and nobody else knew. Uh, I know what I want. I mean, I think, I think it, it's all a circle. It's a vicious circle. It, it it will go, the next step will be speed or the next step will be lighter or something, but it's not going to stay the same. Yeah. I think uh, vibration was a big thing for me, especially when the speed really started. Everybody was pushing for speed and wanted that fastest bow out there on the market. And then all of a sudden you had these bows that, yeah, they were fast. Yeah, they were accurate. But at the same time, you, you had such a bad hand shock that you didn't want to shoot that bow or you felt that it affected your shot. And uh, that's one thing I can say that you guys actually have that dampening down rather well. I I shot, I think, six different bows from your line and then did about six or seven from the traditional line. I just couldn't put them down. I kept playing with them. Um, that's one of the things that just made me really want to talk to you guys and figure that out because uh, you've got it dialed 
pretty much as far as the hand shack. And the other thing I've noticed is a balance as well. A lot of bows don't necessarily have that balance to where uh, it felt it felt right. It felt comfortable to where when I had that grip in my hand and I released that arrow, that bull just naturally just dropped forward just like it's supposed to do. And it didn't cant left or right depending on my form or anything. I mean, is that something that you guys have really worked hard towards or was it something that just came naturally with the product? Uh, some of that. I mean, as far as your balance point, without going into too many details, we <laughs> we we do certain things to where we feel like we like our balance we don't want to change our balance and some people brag about being perfectly center shot and i think those bows are very very top heavy but um i can't i can't really say much more than that yeah <laughs> i think i think it comes from you know years of these guys in the field using the gear and they put what they like and what they've found, you know, through years of experience into the bows and into the designs that they do. And that's pretty much kind of the baseline denominator to it. You know, these guys are users and they're putting their experience into their designs. Yeah. Have you had a lot of input on things yet, Caleb, or is that uh, definitely coming down the pipeline? I That's <laughs> up to you. you know, if they want to come talk to me, I'll put some input in, but we've had some conversations. Yeah. Uh, what about you, David? Has there been uh, some serious input put in there to where it uh, it really panned out? Input from myself or input from, from Caleb? From, <laughs> from yourself. <laughs> uh, input from myself. I mean, I'm the design engineer. I run the CAD. I mean, they, they may tell me what they want, but, but I'm running it too. So <laughs> I try to do what they want, but I'm also, you know... I got to live by the laws of physics yeah. and some of these other guys don't seem to have to, but uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the, uh, I, yeah, they, they let me have a lot of input. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> living by the laws of physics. That just kind of got me a little bit. <laughs> I, I imagine, I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, depending on, you know, practicality and reality and you know pushing the envelope of materials you can only take things so far and uh people always want want to push that conceptually but putting it into reality and practicing that i can totally see that so yep. it just really it, made it, me it, laugh <laughs> it's a balance act it really is and and i, I said that I, I wasn't trying to throw guys under the bus we we have a hell of a team here <laughs> and, and and everybody for the most part everybody has a ton of experience and in the application and that's a big deal so so no nobody gets too crazy most of the time but the craziest stuff sometimes spurs some of the coolest ideas yeah it, it, it just it it's a vehicle to get you there but it they're not there when it's first said if that's if that makes sense yeah so one of the questions that was submitted to me and uh kind of curious too i didn't even think about it or notice it I've never really paid that much attention to the technical aspect of, of the bow other than, you know, my bow tech sets it up for me and I shoot it, you know, and, and if it needs to be tweaked, then I'll tweak it. But um, the functionality of the string slides versus roller guards, um, I, you know, the higher end bows tended to have them first and, and, and bear archery for a long time. And I think maybe like uh, dart and archery was only ones where they held true to the, to the slides for a long time before they actually switched over um 
and and same with you guys. Was it a cost standpoint, or was it more of like a improvement thing to where a lot of your bows now have the the roller guards on them? Um, I've heard even people say, as far as like Bowtech, say they actually prefer the slides. You get more shots out of your strings and different things without a wearing because if they don't have the proper serving there on the string and stuff like that, it can really affect it. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. We've ran that roller guard system on our high-end stuff on the high uh, end. probably since 17 or 18. Um, that is a very, very good system, an underrated system in my opinion. I don't know if, if Caleb loves it or not, but um, the, the it has a positive mechanical displacement every time you pull the bow back, our hinge roller system. And what that does is it moves the, the rollers closer to neutral on the bow mechanically we're not counting on any type of flex system um we're proud of it and and we use it on the high-end stuff but we we don't take it down into the mid price point stuff mainly because of cost to tell you the truth um slides are great they um they usually they don't fail there's no failure to them on our stuff the rollers will will outperform the slides from a longevity of cables and servings um, I don't know about other people's stuff. Honestly, I haven't spent that much time cycle testing their stuff. Yeah. No, I find that interesting because I never paid attention to it, but once he said it, I started looking at, you know, people's bows and, and my bow in particular and some other ones that I knew of and, and some of them, yeah, they do wear that serving does wear pretty good. So, uh, maybe yeah. that's just a, a design point on them on those bows but our our hinge roller system i can speak to our our cycle test machine and what we do what our what we put it through will last over ten thousand shots on a set of cables on the serving wow and we, okay and we, and we can't get a slide to do that honestly about four thousand so, shots or maybe on a slide or yeah in that neighborhood yeah yeah okay yeah that's interesting so um can you kind of just talk about we mentioned it earlier but the solo cam uh the new thp bow and like functionality of that and kind of the driving purpose behind that because in a world where everything is dual cam stuff and just uh it 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 caught my attention right away you know and it made me think to myself like what's the driving force behind that but then i remember the old solo cam bowls and bows and how forgiving they were as well um just is is that kind of what the driving force behind what they wanted or what was what was the deal with that i can answer that if you want david yeah but the the solo cambo is what they specifically asked for yep. to your point it was an easy shooting easy tuning system and that's what they wanted they wanted something that you know anybody could pick up off the shelf it would take very little time to get it set up and tuned and then they could go right to the the field with it being as simple as possible and that's their brand. That's who they are. They're simple bow hunters, and they wanted a simple bow for their simple bow hunting brand. 
Yeah. I, I found it interesting because, I mean, the one thing you may sacrifice a little bit is speed, but at the same time, sometimes practicality and, uh, you know, forgiveness or, or adaptability sometimes trumps that 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 speed that you're foregoing you know so i think that's sure. that's a neat option and and the price point isn't that bad i, I don't recall exactly what it is but um, no and it's definitely something where if you're comfortable shooting something and you're more accurate with it because you're more comfortable with it that's going to trump a lot of the other specs that are out there you know if you can make a better shot nine times out of ten speed's only going to get you so far if you can't make the shot so yeah no i like that um David, maybe maybe you can talk about the the execute and uh, how that's developed. You said it was 2018 was the first year of that, or was that just the first year you started using roller guards? 2018 was the first year we started using roller guards. Okay. Uh, the execute bows were both new this year. So you want me to talk about the execute? Yeah, bow if or? you could talk about the execute, because I, I found that, that bow was absolutely amazing. <laughs> I mean, <that> was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, like we said before, we that was us trying to, you know, jump in full, both feet, trying to reduce vibration, maintain performance. And uh, we, we laid the limbs down farther than we've, you know, more parallel on the limb system. It's a new cam system for us, or new cams, the same system, but uh, every time you mess with uh, the geometry of a bow, you have to work on the cams. Um, I mean, the you're sold on it because you shot it, and that, that's just that's <laughs> that's what that's what we have to get people to do is shoot yeah. that. Because if you shoot that, it's like, oh my gosh, Bear knows what they're doing at the top end as well. Yeah, and, and that's a story we've been telling for some time now. But we just need more people to to give us a try because uh, we we have some really good top end stuff that. Uh... I I still can't get over it because it absolutely blew my mind. I shot I shot the mid range stuff and it, it performed, or I should say, outperformed my expectations. But then when I picked up that execute, I, I think I did shoot the I shot the thirty two for sure, and that's the same axle to axle as my bow now. Mm-hmm. And I <laughs> I honestly I liked it better. I liked it better than what I shoot now, and mine is, you know, a common brand bow. I shoot, I shoot the uh, the Matthews Verdicts, and it's like, you know, that's one of the most, you know, notoriety wise bows. But I shot, and it was weird because Bear never came to my mind as that high end bow. You you don't like I said, I don't even have a bow shop around me that carries them. I only have one, basically one bow shop. And they don't carry bare archery products there. But uh, when I shot that, I was just like, this is crazy. A bare archery product and it's outperforming or, you know, outperforming my bow or I like the way it fits my hand, the way it feels, the balance. There's zero hand shock. And I mean, we were shooting obviously short range without sights and I was still the guy told me, aim at a different spot, <laughs> you know, on the target. And it was just like something about it, the way the mechanics and everything, it, it was a great bow. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe if we get somebody good in marketing, they can, they can, you know, sell it. Caleb, <laughs> what are you going to do about that? <laughs> no, and the, you know, another thing to that point is there's a lot of little things that we did right with the XQ. There's machine pockets on it. There are, you know, the sling guard, the, the pivoting guard. 
you know, there's a lot of little details about that bow that are, you know, head and shoulders above, you know, what we had in the past and then even, you know, the rest of the market. But, um, you know, another big point is every one of those bows is made in Gainesville, Florida, along with 90% of our, our line, you know, everything bare is still very true to made in the USA. And it's something that we've taken some pride in with the XQ. Yeah. And that's the other thing that surprised me too, though. Um, you know, still keeping them made in America, you know, the components made in America as well. Uh, that I think is important to a lot of people and it, you know, speaks volumes that over the years you guys have kept true to that and, and keeping up the values and traditions that, you know, Fred Bear actually had when there was an inception of all of his products in the first place. Um, that, that, that is pretty cool. And that's why I just, I had to have you guys on and talk about it. it it's, uh, it's remarkable. Um, one of the other things though, I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if, uh, you, David, or, or you, Caleb can talk about it, but, um, recently over the past few years, it seems that, uh, there's been a revitalization as far as the traditional equipment as well. And, uh, taking some of those older products and the original forms and just kind of, it seems like the materials are better, uh, you know, but it, but it's the same actual bow itself, you know, which is better products. Can you kind of talk about the lines as far as that goes and, and you know, what there is out there now? Because I shot them and <laughs> I'm in love with some of them again. So I'm going to definitely be getting some trad stuff to play with in my future. And that way I don't have to worry about uh, ruining the glass on my uh, original Kodiak Magnum. Yeah. Um... Neil, the other guy that we were going to have on, and we'll have another episode with him eventually. Um, he is one of the last, if not the last, remaining student of Fred Bear. And he's a 40-year bowyer that works in our Gainesville, runs our Gainesville facility. And uh, he is the main reason that we have a lot of the bows, you know, that are true to the original specs that we do because he took them bull by the horns and was able to knock them out and get the designs almost exactly the same as what they were you know in the late early 70s late 60s yeah Yeah. i mean to me it it, there's something always near and dear to my heart uh with the bear archery for the longest time i didn't associate bear archery with your higher end bows (laughs) clearly now now i do you know um that's something that i'm going to be an advocate of in the future because it's so cool but the the revitalization of the bear products and the traditional stuff uh you know watching those old fred bear videos and i don't know about you caleb but like growing up as a kid and uh seeing those video clips and and later on i was just actually talking to zach from the hunting public recently about uh how i i used before youtube I was watching videos on YouTube. I would watch Netflix videos and they had a bunch of uh, Fred Hill and uh, the uh, Wenzel brothers had stuff on there and you could get the DVDs from them before they started streaming and it was all streaming stuff. And I had to up my subscription to like five DVDs at once because I couldn't wait to try and get, you know, watch one disc and then send it back and get the other one. I wanted them all now and I ordered them and one of them was a Fred Bear collection that they had on there. Mm-hmm. And I, I ended up uh, watching one of them over and over and over, and it was the Kodiak Magnum hunt, where he took the Kodiak to Kodiak Island, hunted the bear on Kodiak, and they were throwing stuff in the water and shooting targets, and 
and lobster netting and just you know all those cool things it's just iconic fred bear stuff and it it sticks in my mind and so like associating those um and then shooting the new products i mean it's like a renewed sense of uh nostalgia that just uh i, th- I think is pretty pretty awesome yeah no he is definitely an icon and you know it's everything that we can do to keep his 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 name and to keep what he started you know going in the direction that he would want it to so. yeah what's uh what's kind of the vision for the future if you could talk i know there's a lot of things you can't talk about but right. uh um is there anything that you can talk about as far as the future and what you're kind of looking forward to or or growing towards it's continually pushing the envelope making sure our high end is still pushing that and you know advancing and going from there but you know the traditional side we have a few things that we've thought about doing um but again it's it's going back to maintaining what fred started and then you know keeping it modern and pushing it forward yeah no i really like what you guys have done david do you have anything to add to that not really i mean that's like he said we just keep keep trying yeah no it's uh it's pretty cool to see see what's going on there with you guys uh the other thing makes me think about though is like uh how and i guess uh the other individual that was going to join us would definitely be the one to answer those trad questions then but uh it it's pretty neat to see the 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 development of those products and the takedowns even the takedowns coming back out it's still not like the takedown to me doesn't feel like a favorite bow um but it shoots well and uh the the products you know the magnesium riser and stuff like that is pretty pretty cool stuff um but the just the iconic stuff to me just is always going to have a sweet spot in my heart and i don't know if that's because my buddy got me into that and i started watching those fred bear videos at you know 15 16 years old and and kept with it all the way through but that's uh something that's pretty pretty impressive um no it'll be a very special episode when you can get neil on because he is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to you know not only bear archery but traditional archery as a whole but he can talk in depth you know on every one of those products you know he he remembers making them 40 years ago with fred over his shoulder and then you know going through the development and bringing them back into the line and then you know like the cheyenne and the all sable both of those lines are his designs so he's also had input on new traditional bows that have been, you know, implemented and put on our lines. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, have you killed one with a bearer bow yet? Anything or what What are your plans there, Caleb? I've not yet. Um, you know, and it, it's the old saying, like everybody's first bow was a bear, you know, and I'm no different. My very first bow when I was eight years old, was a Kodiak Magnum. And I hunted with that for a handful of years way back in the day. So it's, a uh, it's one of those things I spent a good amount of time in a stand past a lot of deer this fall, but I didn't, you know, run an arrow through anything. Yeah. I remember my dad, uh, when I was a kid had a bear bow, it had these massive beefy limbs and, uh, an old grid site where it actually had the wires for the site where they intersected. And that was, uh, <laughs> the whole <laughs> site on it back then. And I was just to watch him in awe, wishing I could pull back a compound bow that big, you know, but <laughs> what about you, David? Oh, I've I've killed a couple of things with a bear bow. I've worked there for eleven years. So. Yeah. What's what's I mean? Are you still a are you a modern conventional guy? Or? Definitely, definitely a compound guy. Um, I mean, I've I've of course got a couple recurves, but uh, 
every time I grab one, the, more, the national sales manager makes fun of me. So I'm afraid <laughs> if I'm carrying one of those, the biggest deer I've ever seen is going to walk out there about 30 yards. So and then as, yeah. as Fred Bear says, you just got to sit still, stay silent and uh, <laughs> get in close. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have the compound if that <laughs> right so uh one of the things uh as far as like the it just popped in my head but like distance and stuff like that that new the executes the one who really uh conquers the distance and the as far as that goes on the on the shooting as well and is that what you're running yeah I hunted with an execute last yeah. year yes okay yes yeah. When, when I got my hands on one, yes. Awesome. Yeah, they they, they take all the prototypes, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. I appreciate you guys coming on, and uh, I'm looking forward to that next episode. We'll really dive deep into the old traditional stuff and get some uh, history all the way back from the Fred Bear days. But uh, it's great talking to you guys, learning. Is there anything you guys would like to add as far as technology or anything uh, with the bows that, uh, you know, might somebody might want to know? that I don't know because I, I definitely learned about uh, the adjustability of the legend and you know, that, that seems really cool to me. And uh, as my kids get older, if you continue to produce that line, that's definitely something I'm going to invest in along the way. No, I think we really covered and did a good job. Um, you know, like you said, we have a bow for everybody, you know, whether you're looking to get started or, you know, you've been doing this forever, we have a bow that fits you and, we have a price range that fits you too. So, yeah. So, if anybody wants to get in touch with Bear Archery, has tech questions, product questions, anything like that, where do they go? Where are they going to find bows? Uh, all that our, good stuff. Our website. Our website is a great resource. You know, while it is, you know, largely there are some accessories and different things. It is a good alternative to a physical count catalog. Um, and then, you know, there is a contact us and a dealer locator. Our dealer base is awesome, and that'd be another great outlet for them to go to. And if they want to follow you on social media, I'm guessing it's pretty easy. Yep, Bear Archery? Yep. Everywhere, yep. Okay, awesome. Yeah. I appreciate it, you guys. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and sharing, and uh, looking forward to the future of Bear Archery and future podcasts. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Publicly Challenged podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, please subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to. Also, if you could leave a review, that would help us out. And you can check us out on Instagram or at publiclychallenged.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. most legendary shows in the outdoors is on waypoint tv don't miss primo's truth about hunting wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment i'm will cooper host of HuntStand's make your mark podcast for even more content be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand presents on the waypoint tv channel every tuesday at 10 p.m eastern visit waypointtv.com to learn more